Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on The Porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. I am joined with the one and only Mr. Joshua J. Tim. What's up, team? <laughs> and Mrs. Elena. Hey, hey guys. What's hey. up? Yeah, I got a little bit of a cold going on right now, in case y'all can't tell. But um, thanks for asking. I feel like yeah, you gosh. always have a cold, David. Hey, here's what I say, man. Once you have kids, like when I was single... Things would be going around like, oh, yeah, you know, it's going around the flu or the stomach bug or whatever, you know, it's going around. Uh-huh. Whenever you have kids, it's like whatever's going around out there is coming into your home. <laughs> like when you're single, you can, it can go around and you not get it. But when you have toddlers licking the floors at the mall, it's just is, what kids do. Is that do. what your kids do? Yeah, that's just what they just do. Constantly licking the floors. <laughs> no, they're just going to bring in those germs. But anyways, that's not what we're talking yeah. about today, Josh. What? are we talking about? Yes, today we are on everyone's favorite topic, dating. And we have a really specific question that we were talking about a little bit beforehand. And it's this, is it okay to date someone who has been divorced? Like, can I date someone who's already been divorced? Oh, uh, I'm gonna dive into that. Man, a real crowd pleaser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everyone's favorite topic. Yeah, can I date someone who's been divorced? It's really a relevant question, you know, increasingly with, um, just with the divorce rate where it's at, is it okay to date someone who's been divorced? Or if your you're divorce is a part of your story, are you free yeah. to date someone? And what are the uh, biblical grounds? So what would you say, Josh? Yeah, I think that Bible has a lot to say about it. And we're going to jump into that, which is my first question for you, David. Let's just, just discuss, what does the Bible have to say about divorce? Because I think there's some specifics in here, and maybe we've made some assumptions around what the Bible says about it. Yeah, so the primary places that the Bible talks about divorce... Let me back up and say this. To even frame our question, the purpose of dating is what? Married. To get married. Yeah, for like for Christians. There's no casual dating, no just hook up um, and move on. So Christians date, whether it's through, whether you're using an app or whether you're dating people that you bumped into, the purpose of dating biblically, uh, and there's tons of podcasts we've done about that, but I'm going to make the assumption of all the stuff that answers we're going to give is underneath the banner of, men, you should date for the purpose of marriage. And so then if you begin to frame it that way, should I date for the purpose of marriage, somebody who has been previously married and is now divorced? And then there could be a, a ton of reasons. Um, and then other questions we got to answer or unpack as quickly as we can is what are there or are there biblical grounds for divorce? Yeah. And, and if there is a divorce, does that imply that remarriage is possible? So in the New Testament, I think the biggest ones that stand out are in Matthew chapter 19, where Jesus is asked about divorce and remarriage. In Mark chapter 10, where the similar question is asked, where somebody comes up and they're like, hey, what are the circumstances under which it's lawful to divorce your wife? And then the same thing happens in Luke chapter 16. And Jesus's answer every single time is is, uh, pretty intense. So let me just read one of them here for a second. So let's go to Mark chapter 10. Josh, do you still own a Bible? Yeah, I still own one. Man, you got to read that thing. Currently not on me. (laughs) You got to start opening that up. All right, this is Mark chapter 10, verse 2. And the Pharisees came up in order to test him. Is it lawful, the Pharisees to Jesus, for a man to divorce his wife? And Jesus answered them, what did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. And Jesus said to them, because of your hardness of heart, he wrote to you this commandment. 
But from the beginning of creation, God created the male and female. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. What God has joined together, let not man separate. In the house, so Jesus gives that answer and, uh, and basically kind of walks off. And, and we're told the next scene is him and the disciples, his 12 guys hanging out in the house. And it says this, and in the house they were at, the disciples asked him again about this matter. Basically like, what? Were you yeah. saying it not okay to divorce your wife? And Jesus said, whoever divorces his wife or whoever divorces her husband and marries another person commits adultery against their former spouse. Verse 12. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. So you got to ask the question, I mean, if you look at that passage and that passage alone, the good news is we have lots of passages between Matthew chapter 19, Mark chapter 10, Luke chapter 16, and Paul even touches on it in Romans chapter 7 and in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. But in that answer, what do you think Jesus just said? Or how would you answer? If someone said, what is Jesus saying? What would you say? Yeah. And if I take that in context, or if I take that alone, I would go, no, it's not okay. Because he said, if you uh, get divorced and then you, at least if you remarry is what I'm hearing, then uh, you're committing adultery, which is a sin. So it sounds like to me that alone, uh, the answer would be no, it's not okay. At least to, if you do get divorced, at least to get remarried. Yeah. So I've heard people, especially Christians say that there are certain allowances the Bible make, the Bible has made for, uh, for where divorce is allowed. Have you guys heard that? And, and yeah. if so which ones have you heard? Um, I've heard that it's sexual immorality yeah. and if you're abandoned by an unbeliever. Yep. So the reason that is when Jesus has a very similar, a lot of people think it's the exact same conversation. Matthew, Mark, Luke uh, are the called synoptic gospels. You guys know why it's called synoptic? Why don't you tell us, David? Hey, do you know? <laughs> Fun little trivia. No, tell us. Synoptic means same and optic means, or I mean, sin means same and optic means eye, like from the same eye. They're very similar, strikingly similar. There's like 60 to 70% similar versus John. If you read John, so if you've ever read Matthew, Mark and Luke and you're like, oh man, these have like a very similar storyline. They all sound the same. They all sound really (laughs) similar with some, you know, some of them include different stories that others don't. But if you ever have done that and then you read John, you're like, dude, what in the world? That's because John is not one of the synoptic gospels. It was written from John's vantage point years later. Some people even believe that John wrote it because he had read the other dude's gospels and he was like, man, this is so good. But there's a lot of stuff that, uh, that was not included and we know that he wrote it later. And so he wrote his to make sure that, hey, these stories are just so ratchet. They got to be included. Yeah. <laughs> you just wanted to say ratchet. I did just want to say Wait, ratchet. I got it in there. But uh, so I don't know if that's what John thought. But anyways, in Matthew, <clears throat> thank you for that. In Matthew... <laughs> Uh, Jesus is asked the same question and he basically gives the same answer until he says this. He said to them, because your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to get divorced. So again, they, they came up, they're like, when can you get a divorced? And he was like, have you not read God created a male and female? Let what God put together, don't separate. And they said to him, well, Moses, you know, commanded to give a certificate of divorce. And he said, because your hardness of heart, but from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality and marries another, commits adultery. And, uh, and that's where people look and they think, Hey, it sounds like Jesus is saying, except for sexual immorality, you can't get divorced and get remarried. Is that right? That's what it sounds like. I mean, at least it at least reads that way. Yeah. But you're in Matthew five thirty two. 
No, I'm in Matthew 19. Oh. You want to read Matthew 5.32? Yeah. It says, but I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Okay, so this is a really important verse. And let me further say this. This is a conversation. This is not the... Um, this is not a reflection of the, uh, we're just talking. So this isn't like, man, the porch holds this. We're not even gonna give a complete answer or an exact answer to this. Mm -hmm. We're just gonna show you the fair way and say, clearly God is against divorce. We're told all throughout the scriptures that he holds a high priority on marriage, the covenant. And, um, and we're gonna give you some of the, the bookends of where people land, people that we love and would partner with and people who have come and spoke at the porch would land further in one direction than us uh, and then people that we love and have had come and hang out and speak at the porch and speak at our events would land in another direction uh, further than us. And um, and so we're going to, as best we can, kind of frame up like, here's the fairway, because even the fairway is pretty exclusive you yeah. know, in our world where, you know, they don't, no fault divorce is a thing. But for Christians, biblically, the grounds for which people would say you can get a divorce and are free to remarry, there's one camp they would say, based on Matthew chapter five and Matthew 19, where Jesus says, except on the ground of sexual morality, um, meaning that that's the exception clause, which means if they commit adultery against you, mm -hmm. you are free to divorce and remarry. There's a group of people who we love and know, and they would land there. Then there's another group that would say, and this I think is a fascinating uh, group. They would say, do you guys, I'm going to try to quickly unpack why Matthew may have included that sentence. Mm -hmm. Because Luke doesn't include except. The exception clause is not in Luke and it's not in Mark. It's only in Matthew. And the people who say, no, Jesus is not saying, except for if they commit adultery, that is that like, that's your out, then you can get out. He's saying that um, there's a couple ways that people can interpret it, but he's speaking, Matthew was written to a Jewish audience. So Mark was written to Greeks. Um, uh, no, Mark was written to Romans. John was written to Greeks. Uh, Luke was written to Romans. And Matthew was written to a Jewish audience. And in Judaism, there's something called the betrothal period. Remember the betrothal? Yep. Mm -hmm. Where they would come together and it was like a really intense what? Engagement. Engagement. And mm -hmm. this was like, it was legal though. So if you remember when, if you ever read the story of, uh, dude, everyone's going to be reading the Christmas story. Yeah. Right now, yeah. Where Joseph and Mary. Mary and Joseph come together and they're betrothed. You're like, oh, that's so sweet. They got engaged. But, you know, they're planning their wedding. It's going to be awesome. And then Joseph finds out that Mary has been miraculously impregnated. <laughs> <laughs> but point being, hey, and they come together, they're engaged. And it says that he found this out and he planned because he was a righteous man to divorce her quietly. And you wonder like, I thought they were engaged. Why would he have to divorce? Well, there was an allowance in Jewish law that if you discovered in the betrothal period that the person that you were betrothed to was guilty of sexual immorality, that they were, um, they were sleeping around or not sexually pure, you could divorce them and be free to not move forward with the marriage. And so that's what people read. They're like, no, he's saying, unless they were found guilty in the betrothal period of sexual immorality. I think this is where John Piper lands. Unless, or at least there's lots of scholars would say that's exactly why. Because Jewish readers would have known when he talks about pornea, that was referring to the betrothal period. The other dicey thing that makes it challenging of, is this an exception clause? Like if they cheat on me, marriage is over and I can get out. Not so fast. Or one of the challenges of that is the word is not adultery. There is a word for adultery. He uses it in the same sentence, Mokau. He doesn't use that word. He uses porneia. So he says, not if they commit adultery, you're out. He says, if they commit porneia, you're out, which is just sexual immorality. So any lustful looks, that would mean anybody has grounds to divorce, if it, taking it literally, 
I'm free to get divorced and remarried. If you have a lustful thought, if you looked at pornography, if you did anything that falls in the boundaries of sexual sin or lust, and that's just a slippery slope. So I think there's some challenges regardless of where you land. But um, if you stop listening to everything else that we say, you need to, before you ever date someone who's divorced, you need to be a student of God's word. You need to know what it says. You need to know where you land. Because if you start dating somebody, like you, I'm, I'm almost giving you the punchline early, before you start dating that person, you need to know where you land, what your convictions are, your understanding of the scripture. There's a little bit of gray, but it isn't a gray thing that you can just kind of wander through life and not know. Because if you just say, man, I'll figure it out if I ever date somebody who's divorced, by the time that you date that person, you're going to all of a sudden have emotions that's like, dude, I, I yeah. thought I landed here, but she's so hot. So maybe, you know, it's all cool. And yeah. you need to land and you need to know where you are. But okay, so point being, so there's one end that would say, no, that's not what he's saying. You are never okay to remarry after you get a divorce, even if you get a divorce. That's one end of the spectrum. And then there's others who would say one of the outs is adultery. Mm -hmm. And then in 1 Corinthians 7, Paul seems to say that if, an unbelieving spouse abandons you, then they're not bound because God has called them to peace. And so if they, if you marry somebody and they're an unbeliever and they abandon you and they run yeah. away, then hey, you don't have to remain that way. But if the unbelieving, verse 15 of chapter seven, if the unbelieving partner separates, let it be so. In such cases, the brother or sister is not bound or not enslaved. God has called you to peace for how do you know whether or not wife, whether your husband will be saved. And then he goes on in something else. But point being people take that verse and they're like, okay, so adultery could be an out and abandonment could be an out. And even that is not clear. The assumption I think is that people make, and this goes back to like, are we free to date that person? Yeah. A lot of times people think, well, if they biblically had reason for a divorce, then their first marriage is over. So I don't have to, uh, so they are free. The person that I want to date who's been divorced if they had biblical reason for divorce, then they're free to date, which means they're free to date me. And that is not necessarily that clear in scripture. And why? Because biblically, it wasn't always clear that, man, if they got divorced, there could be circumstances where God would allow divorce, but not. remarriage was not yeah. on the table. It was like, man, you should divorce and you should pray for the salvation of that person. If there's abuse going on, let me just say this, if there's physical abuse, if yeah. there's abuse in any way, you should... Uh, take precaution. You should move out of that house. You should get, make sure people know you should seek protection mm -hmm. that the will of God is not for you to stand there and take physical abuse or, or even there's scenarios where financial abuse and where legally um, there could be a case where, man, Hey, I'm going to legally get a divorce in the eyes of the state of Texas or whatever mm -hmm. for the sake of creating a boundary so that he can't drain our bank account. And he can't do certain things. So legally there could be circumstances, but it's not always clear whether or not they have the freedom to remarry. Interesting note, um, the church for the first 500 years did not allow remarriage. So you, they allowed divorce because biblically there are cases where it says Moses permitted divorce, Yeah, but they did not, this is crazy, man. Honestly, when I'm not even going to give you exactly where I land, but I think one of the more compelling things for why remarriage after divorce um, at least is not as, at least shouldn't be done flippantly, is the people who took the baton from the disciples, like the people who talked to the disciples, knew the disciples, and the closest group of people to the early church in that first 500 years, 
it was, it was not permitted for you to remarry after you got a divorce. You could divorce, but you don't get another one. That's your one. You need to pray for God to get a hold of their heart. You need to pray that for the rest of your days, if it takes, yeah. that he would reconcile the two of you. And so you're free to divorce, but you are not free to remarry. And until 500 years, the church did not allow that. Yeah. And so, which is so radical to us because yeah. we think, no, if you got a divorce, that means the marriage is over. Yeah. It, it feels like the assumption, at least for me, even before it's like reframing that the assumption is if you got a divorce, then it automatically means free to marry. And what you're saying, I would challenge that. And, and, and the reason of which we're asking the question is because if you're going to date someone, which we would say dating is for the purpose of marriage, you getting to know where that person is free to marry from the beginning is good to know. And, yeah. and, and man, people got to wrestle. People got to know where they land. They can't just go, oh, I know the Bible talks about divorce, but I don't know where exactly I land. Like I, I would be sure before you get into a relationship because figuring out in the middle of that relationship, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, that's exactly. I think if you walk away with nothing else other than men, you should, if you are dating or even if you're not dating, mm-hmm. you should study this if you ever hope to date someone someday mm-hmm. because there's divorced people around and you take verses and you take passages and truths from God's word. And then all of a sudden you confronted, like all of us have people in our life where it's just messy. Mm-hmm. They got married and they were not believers and their husband was not a believer mm-hmm. and they were just seven types of crazy or their wife was seven types of crazy. And, um, and then they became a believer and they're, uh, they're divorced already and their former spouse doesn't want anything to do with them. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I man, it yeah. is, it is messy in the real world. So you need to make sure like, you know, this is what God says. This is where I land, which watermark would land. Hey, uh, we are going to, if you came and you were divorced, we would ask, and you asked us, are you free to remarry? Or are you free to date? We would ask more questions about the scenario of your former spouse or your spouse, mm-hmm. the spouse that you divorced to get an understanding unlikely in most scenarios, we would say, hey, um, we would just begin to ask questions. Are you praying regularly for their reconciliation? Are you praying that God would get a hold of their heart? Are you pursuing and, and open to the idea that maybe what is best is God bringing the two of you back together? And if you date somebody or you um, marry someone else, you are driving a stake into the ground and saying, this marriage, my former marriage can't be reconciled together. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so we wouldn't on staff uh, remarry anybody. And there's people on staff who disagree and land in different places, but it, underneath the authority of our elders, we would say there is no, we are not able to marry someone who has been divorced if their spouse, their former spouse has not been remarried. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So if Bill marries Becky and they get a divorce and then Becky starts dating Bob, and they're showing up and they're like, hey, David, can you do our wedding? I would have to ask lots of questions. One, like, who are you? And then beyond that, it would be, um, hey, you were formerly married to Bill. Is Bill remarried? Because if not, the door is still open for Becky and Bill to reconcile. So Bob, I wouldn't want to do the ceremony and I wouldn't encourage you to be the stake in the ground that God puts there. But let's say they did get remarried and they married somewhere else and they showed up here. Dude, God is nothing but grace. Divorce does not mean you have a scarlet letter. God is not done with you. All of us like sheep have gone astray. It's no different from other sins in our life. And God is not, you're not ostracized. You can be a part of anything here that you want to be a part of. And and you should be able to be a part of anything that any church will allow you to be Mm -hmm. a part of for the most part. And, um, and the reason I said the most part is man, maybe there's like a, um, a scenario where you're just not healthy, um, not because you were divorced, but uh, you ended up in your season of life getting a divorce because you weren't healthy. Yeah. And uh, so. 
Any any other thoughts you would add? Yeah, I would just say we know that there's a lot of people listening that mm-hmm. are divorced or are dating someone who's divorced, and this um, podcast could bring up a lot of questions or hurts, and we just know that um, we don't have it all figured out. We're just trying to read the scriptures for ourselves and figure out where we land, and we would, um, we're really talking about this to have you guys think of the same thing and um, where you personally land and what your convictions are and um, make sure they're biblical. Um, and ultimately like all this really matters so much because marriage is a really big deal to God and marriage is what God has chosen to be a picture of his dedication to us. And so like all of this is really a big deal because of, um, the way God views marriage and the way he takes it really seriously. So that's why it's, it's such a big deal. Yeah. yeah. You're saying like, because the Bible says Ephesians five, marriage is a picture of God's covenant that he never stops. He never mm-hmm. breaks. He never goes away from mm-hmm. his covenant to his church. And marriage is a metaphor, Paul says, for that. And so that's why it's a big deal to God. Right. Yep. Yeah. No, that's good. Well, either wherever you are on that, man, study the scriptures. Go read Matthew chapter 5, Matthew 19, 1 Corinthians 7. Um, if you have been divorced and you feel free freedom to date, um, man, hopefully you are making that decision with other believers around you mm-hmm. as you study the scripture and you look at it and go, hey, I, I think it's being clear. Uh, these are the circumstances where divorce and remarriage is permitted. And I think that mine would qualify as one of those. I would say this, if our world tomorrow started only divorcing when adultery, abandonment and abuse happened, it would be a better place. Yeah. So even if you, you squeezed it all the way down to there, um, and I'm not saying, we're not saying you should, but even if like most people would at least agree on that, that's at least the starting line for most Christians. Our world would be, and the church would be a much stronger and better place. And, um, and families and the home and, and just all the damage that is currently being done would not be taking place, uh, currently being done through divorce. Yep. So, man, Josh, thanks for picking a really like light topic. Yeah, you're welcome. Good one. Yeah. This great. <laughs> Anytime. I just feel like I'm about to go look at Christmas lights and, and uh, couldn't be more excited. Anything else, Elena, you want to say to these people out here? No, I think we're good. Josh, anything else for, on your plate? No. What are you getting Molly for Christmas? That is a great question. Actually, that's not true. I already got it for her. She's pregnant and I got her a workout program. I know that sounds like super nerdy. You're wow. We're going to have to cut No, no. She knows. She helped me. She helped me pick it out. You got your wife a workout program? (laughs) She asked for it. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. All right. We know what our next use from the porch is. Misogynistic men. Okay. I'm just kidding. We we will see you next time on another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.